Welcome to yet another wonderful, organic, homemade, all-natural episode of the Wilderness and Wellness Podcast. Today we speak with Barry Karcher, Wilderness and Self-Defense Skills Instructor. In this episode, we talk a lot about the intersection between outdoor skills and self-defense and martial arts. Uh, We talk quite a bit about the importance of accepting responsibility for our own safety and that of our loved ones through proper and adequate self-defense training. Uh, how important preparation through training is, not only for self-defense and martial arts, but also for survival, uh, and the story of how Barry got onto the Alone Show. Barry also regales us with his tales of his experience on the Alone Show, uh, one in particular about uh, a big gift that Barry took away from the experience of the show. Uh, we talk specifically about the psychologically challenging aspects of the show, that allowed Barry to, to process some things from his past. Uh, we speak a lot about the ways that martial arts and self-defense relate to personal wellness as well, and also get some recommendations from Barry on how one might begin delving into the world of martial arts and self-defense. So stay tuned for this awesome episode with yet another amazing human being. <laughs> Welcome to the Wilderness and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Walleen. This podcast is an exploration of the ways that people can reconnect to the natural world through bushcraft, naturalist skills, and time spent immersed in the nature they find around and within them. We also discuss how this reconnection can increase our individual well-being and that of our communities and the earth. Thank you for joining me. I'm really glad you're here. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Wilderness and Wellness Podcast. You are in for a treat this time. I had the opportunity and privilege to sit down and speak with Barry Karcher. And anyone who knows Barry knows that he is a character and that he lays it all out. So uh, be ready for some awesome nuggets of truth and wisdom and a little bit of wit and humor as well uh, as as you listen to this conversation of me with Barry. For those of you who don't know him, Barry is a self-defense instructor and minimalist survivalist. He has spent the last 30 years of his life learning the skills necessary to handle himself in almost any environment, natural or man-made. Though the threats encountered in each are unique, Barry aims to meet them either way. Barry is a Krav Maga and Jiu-Jitsu practitioner and one of the contestants that had the pleasure to appear on the History Channel's Alone Show Season 6, spending 69 days surviving solo in the Canadian Arctic. When Barry isn't teaching self-defense or leading trips into the backcountry, he spends time with his wife raising their two little ones in Fort Collins, Colorado. So I really hope you enjoy this uh, discussion with Barry. It was a lot of fun for me. Barry's just a a really awesome guy. Uh, he knows his stuff. He knows his craft well as a uh, not only a survival skills instructor and backcountry guide, but also as a self-defense instructor teaching people how to stay safe on the streets uh, and in and potentially violent encounters. So uh, he gives us a lot of food for thought in that regard. So without further ado, I present to you Mr. Barry Karcher. Enjoy. Well, thanks for coming on, Barry. Really thanks for having, having you on the podcast. Yeah, this will be 
this will be good. So today we're going to be talking a bit about, uh, you know, your time on the alone show and, and particularly about, uh, self-defense and martial arts and whatnot, which is your forte. So excited to, to bring that to our listeners Me and, too. Uh, explore that aspect of wellness in our lives. So good it's deal. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I'm excited for you to tell us more about how vital it is. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <clears throat> so, um, you know, what, what's your background in this? What, what got you into, um, you know, outdoor skills and self-defense and all that kind of stuff? All of us just went out into the woods and played. You know, we built forts. We, you know, uh, somebody's grandfather would come along one day and show us something extra. You know, it was, it was a, kind of a constant learning process with those mentors that were just naturally around us. Nice. Um, but like, as far as the martial arts and, and, and how all of these kind of became fused in my life, like my, my dad, my dad was kind of like a prepper. Like he was mm. always worried about the end <laughs> of days, you know? And, and so like growing up in that environment, um, certain things were stressed over other things. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, it was, it was far more important. I knew how to protect myself and my brother and my sister and my mom than it was for me to know how to score a touchdown per se. You know what I mean? Mm. So it was, it was just kind of growing up in, in a, in a, in a constant state of, preparedness i guess you could say that that, that right. brought the outdoors and this uh martial arts kind of into into my into my fold interesting that's cool and so um in general you know and i feel like you kind of answered that a little bit but what what would you say are the connections between those two fields of martial arts and outdoor skills and right right well, I, you know, in, in the beginning, a lot of what I was learning in martial arts had to do with discipline, mm. um, had to do with respect and, and honoring, uh, honoring a system, whether that system was Taekwondo or Shitaru or, you know, it was always, it was always just kind of the, the, the forefront of it. And, uh, of course, a collection of techniques would follow in those, in those, uh, systems. Mm. Um, but, uh, one of the most important things is whenever I, I grew older and the reasons for why I was training changed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really big on keeping my promises and, and that's a big thing that, uh, I, I, I always tried to hold dear when I was out there. I made promises, yeah. uh, before I went out there. And, and as a man, I, I feel it's important we honor those. Right. And one of the promises I make my family is that I will keep them safe. And a lot of men do this. They, they, they make these promises to their loved ones. I will keep you safe. But the problem with that is that they're not doing the things that are necessary to make that true. Mm, and right. what, we, what we end up doing is we create children and, and women who don't take their own safety into account. And they go, well, dad's got it or my husband's got it. You know, and, and it, it just, it takes more to be uh, a successful practitioner of, uh, of a martial art, uh, whenever you really begin to look at what you're practicing and you have to go, well, is this applicable in a third party, uh, situation where I'm having to defend my family, having to defend my, my children, uh, you know, so whenever you begin to really boil down salt water, you're left with salt. And the salt of all of it is, is that what I'm 
doing has to match what I'm saying. Right. Like it's right. Just, I mean, I have to make that promise a reality. Um, so whenever you begin to commit yourself to something bigger like that, you really do, um, you really do begin to tend all of your fields in life that way. Mm. You know, I, I like to view my life as fields and I, and I tend to them. I have a, I have a friend, a field of friends, you know, and I need to, I need to tend to those people in my life. And I have a, a field for my health and I need to tend to that field. And so, you know, you tend to really, really. Uh, change how and why you tend those fields and the outdoor skills was simply just something I, I, I don't like to have a weakness in my promise. Hmm. If, if, if ever in the event, my family and I got a flat tire whenever we're driving out in the middle of nowhere and it's dark and I had to build a shelter and a fire to keep them warm. Like I better be able to do that. Right. Right. So for me, it's just, uh, I made promises, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's kind of that's kind of where it's gone for me. Just making sure I can keep those promises. Right. So what I'm hearing is it's really it's really a matter of an integrity with within yourself as a person. You know, I've I've said this, I've I've promised this, and and then I'm I'm not just gonna you know hope that when something happens I'm gonna you know give it my all, but I'm gonna actually prepare for the occasion that something might happen well, yeah that's a big thing and like and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to come across like i like i'm just prepared for any situation like my wife knows that in a situation if we were to be approached or confronted that more than likely it's not going to be a fair fight like i mean guys don't right. necessarily look at guys don't necessarily look at me six two two you know 220 and go there's a mm. victim you know <laughs> like, <laughs> there's going to be like there's going to be more of them or they're going to be armed Right. And so and so, my wife understands that her primary concern at that point is the, are the, is the children. Mm, like, if I have right. to take that ass whooping, or if I have to, if yeah. I'm if I'm fortunate enough that my training will get me through that situation and out of there with my family alive. Either way, there's communication with my wife. We both know we have responsibility. She's not just right. looking at me going handle it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I, I, it's important. When Everyone's got a job. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But the problem about it is like men experience like a heavy Dunning Kruger effect where they just, mm, yep. they, 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 they fantasize about how the fight's going to go. And of course their brain is going to navigate that story to make them come out the hero. Right. Of course. And, right. and over time, like men just believe they're just going to be able to pull their weapon out, draw, you know, uh, get a, get a shot off and yeah. be able to, it, it doesn't work that way. Right. So, uh, you know, being able to understand fighting to the holster, rep, weapon retention, creating space and above all understanding violence. And that's something I feel that honestly is lacking in a lot of today's self-defense and, and martial arts systems. Right. Yeah. I wonder if I, I feel like even from a young age, um, and, and this is speaking more particularly about males, you know, um, we have this idea that we just can fight that, that it's, it's bred within us in many ways. And, and we just, we think we know how to do it. And, and we just go through life thinking that we can kick everyone's butt, you know? Well, um, that's just, I mean, that's, that's the, that's a big problem that, that, yeah. that is out there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This, this delusion. Um, it is. And it's an absolute delusion because 
like anything, you know, if you don't have the experience, if you don't have the training, if, if you haven't put in the work, like any other skill, um, you know, you're going to come to a situation and, and find yourself wanting, uh, I would imagine. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of the things that, that's one of the things that I, I kind of feel a lot of these self-defense systems kind of end up coming short a little bit on, mm. like, what you begin to get are these, are these systems that are, you know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, like there is, there are systems for everybody. You have to really play to, don't play to your strength, play to your weakness. So if you know your right. ground game is garbage, go take jujitsu courses. But like what happens is like a, sometimes a, 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 I'm trying to stay on track with you here. You're good. Whenever we, whenever we start off in a system, our intentions are really good. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we have these intentions of, of um, being able to defend ourselves, being able to uh, uh, fight, as you say, mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. And what happens is we get a lot of instructors who are technique focused mm. and are the type of instructors that just won't tell you you suck. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like whenever I first came up in, in Krav, um, it was a different Krav Maga system. It was rough, rugged, you know, we would, you know, we would leave with black eyes and fat lips and you had seen a change in the system itself where, you know, it's not that way anymore. It's about, you know, protecting the client due to liabilities and, and of course, mm. of course, retention, keeping your clients. Um, but I remember Krav Maga was brutal. I had my instructor, Robert McKeeman, a great friend of mine who mm-hmm. literally would say, unfrick yourself like that's how he would and and you know but he used the other word right he, right he would literally go he, he go here's what you're doing wrong fix it you know what i mean like mm. there, was no, there was no pandering there was no two things right before we get to the one thing that you're doing wrong right it was just raw and it and it taught v- violence because ultimately that's what's gonna bring you out of a violent scenario is that your right. violence is greater than the other person's you know yeah. uh, violence of action is how you win and, and I'm mm. seeing less and less of that. Like, you know, um, they no longer teach the head stomp. Like mm. I was taught in Krav Maga, if, you know, you circle to the head and if they pull a weapon while they're on the ground, you head stomp them. Right. That's not even in the curriculum anymore. Mm. <laughs> so Interesting. Things, things have changed. And, and for our listeners who might not be aware, can, can you give us like a quick rundown of what Krav Maga is? Yeah, a Krav Maga is an is a, is is an Israeli self defense system. Emi um, Lipton Field back in the days, whenever there were um, um, whenever there were attacks on on on, on Jews and, and things of the such, he he developed a system that basically took all of the things that were right about other systems and martial mm-hmm. arts. Um, he you know he did away with all the high kicks. Instead, we just kick you in the groin. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Like, yeah, like so, like <laughs> the nitty gritty. <laughs> the nitty gritty. It has to work, and that's why it's been adopted by the majority of our uh, military and police and that sort of things. It, it, it is about violence of action. It's about disrupting the other guy's OODA loop. You know, mm. observe, orient. You know, decide and act. All that. Okay. It, it, it does all of those things when it's applied properly. Hmm. But I, I, the problem, like I said before, is that violence isn't being taught as much anymore. So what you're ending up with are these women and women walking around with a system of techniques, but not a Viking mentality to apply them. You know what I mean? 
Right. Like right. if you, yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, a, a, a real fight, a real physical encounter is dirty. It's nasty. Mm. It's, it's, it's scary. Uh, your right. body does weird things with, with adrenaline dumps. And so if you're not experiencing or getting as close to that as possible, you know, whenever it does come time to defend yourself, all you have is a system of techniques, but you're scared shitless. You yeah, know? absolutely. So it's important. That's interesting. Yeah. I see, I see the parallel with, with, you know, that idea and, and survival and whatnot. It's kind of one of those things where if you haven't prepared for that situation, both mentally and physically, once you get there, I mean, you really don't know how you're going to react. Um, no, you don't. I was scared out of my mind when I got dropped. Mm. I was, I mean, I, I tried to play it cool. Right. Right. <laughs> like I, I, I did. Like I remember, you know, of course I forgot my cap, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they came back and I was so scared. I was thinking to myself, like, did I already win? You know, <laughs> I didn't You're even like, want to, this is over. Great. But, you know, like, no, because I had never been in that scenario before. Right, you know, I, right. I would have much rather been in a fight against two two guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like then, then to, to to have been in that moment because I mean, like you said, until you do it, it's it's it's, it's all theoretical. But once right. that theoretical collides with the reality, you know, it's it you're it was re- it's really fight or flight. Right. Yep. Yeah. And there's there's this book by uh, Lawrence Gonzalez called uh, Deep Survival. And it, it talks a lot about that psychology of survival, how, you know, kind of it, in, in essence, our lizard brain takes over because all high functioning is gone. And, and I can right. see that that would like that in my mind, that would be the sim- a similar situation, you know, when, when you're in a self-defense situation, when, you know, you don't even have time to think about it, that, that adrenaline dump just goes in and, and all of a sudden there goes all your motor function. There goes all your fine tuned thinking, all that stuff out the door. And if you don't already have those tools ready to go because you've trained and practiced, uh, you probably will not, uh, react the way that you want and hope to. And uh, meaning you might not survive that encounter. And, 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 and to, uh, most people, most people, you know, they'll, they'll train in a gym and they'll train with the same 10 people for five years. Right. You know I mean? Like, and so, and, and the other thing that tends to happen in gyms is like a good, a good fighter will go in with the intention of wanting to learn self-defense. Hmm. And once that good fighter begins to just mop the floor with everybody, the first thing that they want to do is turn that dude into an instructor. Hmm. Right. <laughs> you know? And yep. so that's, a, I feel, okay, that's natural, but that's, that's the business side of things. But like, mm. if it was truly about self-defense, they would go, Hey, look, we have nothing else to offer. You need to go find another gym. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and that's, and like, that's a, that's a, that's a circular, that's a problem that tends to, that tends to produce more of the same, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, being able to, being able to stay in the fray not get caught up in, oh, I could be an instructor, but if your true intention was self-defense to begin with, now you need to go and find a weakness. Go to a gym where you are getting beat up. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. um, and, find and your edge. On your edge. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but it's hard to really duplicate what the History Channel does with a loan. 
Right. You know I mean? Like it's really hard to duplicate that. And, and secondarily, you have a ton of pressure because you're not out there. I mean, you're out there alone. Yeah. But you're competing against some really high speed people. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like I, I, I did a thing for the Colorado and storytellers here. And I, when I was on the runway, whenever they were flying us out, I felt like a total fraud. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have that imposter syndrome. Oh, I totally. I, I, yeah, look, I, I mean, I'm looking you, at Jordan. I'm looking at Wonia, wearing, <laughs> you know, wearing the clothes that she made from animals she hunted. Right, right, right. And I, and I was thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, like not even, not even like two weeks ago, I was shopping at the grocery store. Like, what am I doing here? You know, it was right. really something. It was yeah. really something. I hear you, man. Yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, now that we're kind of moving on to that topic a little naturally, tell us, uh, you know, kind of the story leading up to being selected to be on the show and all that. How did everything come about for you? Well, um, so I remember my wife was pregnant with our daughter and uh, we had just put our son down for a nap. And that's whenever we decided to just, you know, go relax and, and uh, you know, uh, watch a little bit of television and, and, and Alone was on. Hmm. And I was, uh, I was on my side of the room and I got, I just felt like this immense pull to apply, yeah. to like to try it. Right. Um, I, I, you know, I'd probably been kind of looking for another, a new challenge, a new way to be in the fray. I like to stay there, you know? Right. And, right. and I thought, wow, this is huge. And I thought definitely with a half a million dollar prize, I could get my wife on board. You know? <laughs> right. That's a tough so, one, man. Yeah. I'm going to be yeah. gone for up to three months. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, I was just on my phone applying and my wife, she looks over at me and she goes, what are you, what are you doing? And I said, <laughs> uh, I said, I'm applying for this show. And she goes, the show alone. I said, yeah. And she goes, if you're doing that, I'm going to start making preparations because I just know you're going to get on. My wife nice. said that. And I was That's like, awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it fired me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I applied a few times, and like I, was, I just kept uh, you know, kind of bugging them. Right. And, uh, eventually, I was sitting on I, – I sat down and uh, from work, and I was checking my emails, and I got an email back, and I, <laughs> I sprung up off Whoa. the <laughs> I was like, holy smokes, babe. They, they emailed me, and they want to talk <laughs> to me. I was like, this is crazy. So uh, I had a really great phone interview with one of uh, with one of the uh, great, incredible people from ITV. I love them so much. I love yeah. everybody. Oh, everybody at ITV, everybody at the History Channel. They're just incredible people. Yep. Um, but I uh, did the phone interview, and then they uh, let me know they wanted to do a Skype interview, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm onto the next the next day." <laughs> so the problem with that was I had to have Wi-Fi. So mm. like I, I lived in a suburban area. Like I didn't right. just have I didn't just have like woods around with Wi-Fi. <laughs> right, so I, right. I'm in my I'm in my backyard trying to make my fence look like I'm outside. Like I'm I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging. <laughs> I'm trying to like manipulate bushes and bend them over. Like look, I'm so because I didn't know they use those things sometimes. In, in, right. In, yeah. In and then, um, after I did the Skype, they told me they wanted me to go up into the mountains and do some self filming. And I, that's where I pulled out all the stops. I just, you know, I, I remember I sharpened a, a, a stick. I made a get, you know, like a gig out of a, out of a branch and I right. uh, eared a trout out of the water. And then I nice. did a friction fire and cooked it right there on the, on the river. So like, I really went all out, built a shelter. Nice. 
and then I just, I, I came home and I was like, so I was so drained. Like my wife took my phone and like sent off my videos. Like I was, I really wanted this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was a while before I heard back that I was accepted to boot camp, And that's whenever yeah. we met, you and I met there. Right, and right. Uh, that's whenever I saw the caliber of people that had been reduced down to what? How many were twenty four of us? Right. Uh, I think it was twenty one. Yeah, twenty one. And yeah. I was like, "Wow, man, 22. these people are over the top." I mean, there was like seer instructors. There was like people who own their survival schools. There were there were people like you who live it. Um, and then I again, man, I remember uh, I remember giving it my all, like we all did. Um, right. But I think the turning point, man, honestly, was that final interview they had whenever we were with the executives. Mm-hmm. Like that, I think, honestly, is what turned it for me because I was That's just awesome. like, I was 100% honest. Like I, people were coming out talking about some of the questions and I was like, oh, right. if, they ask that, if they ask this, I'll say that. Yeah. And then, and then I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like leave it all, leave no doubt. And so whenever yeah. that, inter- that interview happened, I think I really may have captured them. So I was grateful for that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, it was July 3rd. I was standing in line at, I was in an aisle at Home Depot and uh, I get a call uh, from ITV inviting me to be a participant on the show. My wife was, you know, pregnant four days later. Our daughter nice. was born. <laughs> so July 3rd was a big day. July 7th yeah. was a bigger day. But it was, uh, my daughter was only about, I don't know, eight weeks old whenever I, I shipped off. It was something. Mm, that's awesome, man. You know, you, and it was an absolute pleasure and joy to watch you. Well, on the well show. Thanks. thanks a lot. Yeah, I, I, it was really something. It was, you never know how it's going to be edited, right? Yeah, you don't. You just after put it all out, out there. And... You do. Yeah. After a while, when you're out there, you just don't care. Right. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, whatever. Do with it what you will. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to make it out here. Yeah. Yeah. You're just so busy doing your thing and <laughs> trying to capture it. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, man. You. Uh, it, it was. It really was amazing watching you work out there. You brought a level of. Uh, I mean, everyone's great, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same time, you brought a level of uh, authenticity and honesty that was really refreshing to see. So, Well, that was a promise was, uh, I made myself, you know. Uh, yeah, well, you kept it, man. Yeah. At least from my perspective. Yeah. So you definitely laid it all out there. And uh, we really, I really appreciated that. I can tell you that. That was really Well, amazing. so many people got, you know, passed over for, you know, the part, and I know people don't think like that, but like, I, I, you know, so you think about so many things, like how many people would want to right. be in that position and you don't want to, you don't want to dishonor the fact that you were chosen. And yeah. And uh, I ran the wheels off it though. I think I ended up losing like <clears throat> close to 83 pounds. Oh man. Yeah. It was, That's it was interesting. what was that? Uh, what was that recuperation process like for you? Well, I, I'll be honest. Like the 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 History Channel and the NITV, everybody just took such amazing care of me. Nice. Like without them, it would not have been possible. I had to yeah. go through like a refeeding program um, right. to prevent refeeding syndrome. I was constantly monitored because I came out like I think I think I went in at two forty and I came out. I was weighed like one fifty six. Is what wow, that's crazy. <clears throat> I didn't even recognize myself. I remember the yeah. first time I was in the hospital and uh, when I had been pulled because they immediately took me to the hospital and yeah. uh, I lifted up my Johnny and I looked at my body and I, I looked at myself and I said, my gown, I looked at myself and I said, what have you done, bub? 
because mm -hmm. I hadn't really seen myself, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you're covered up with clothes all the time. <laughs> yeah. All the time. I never got out of my clothes. I didn't let, oh, that's not true. Like, um, every, every media med check that would happen, um, I would, I would freshen up, uh, in case my wife did show up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I would use like wood ash as like baby powder and I'd put it on my armpits and dry myself, dry myself up, make my hair a little less greasy, you know, use a pine right. out to brush it, you know, uh, uh, just, just in case, you know, right, so right. On, the, on the, on, on those days, I, that's whenever I would rotate my, uh, rotate my clothes inside out and that kind of stuff. Hmm. Nice. That's crazy, man. So what, what's, uh, what's an experience that you had, while out on the show that didn't make the cut that you wished did didn't make the cut that I wish did. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, I think it would have been, uh, I man. Okay. So, um, this is, it was, I, I crawled out. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell this story. Okay. So like, okay. <laughs> I'll share this one with you. Nice. <laughs> so Sweet. I, <laughs> yeah. Little cheddar so, for the listeners. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, you know, uh, hunger, hunger, well, starvation is a, a wild thing, man. Mm. Um, a lot of, a lot of us will never have to experience it. And I'm, I'm glad, uh, because right. of what it does to you long term and, and how it affects your association with food, all of that has to be handled and maintained. It's, it's, it's rough. But like I yeah. said, thankfully the history channel in there, and their program has just been aces. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Oh, dude, they take such good care of us. Um, so the um, so one night, uh, super hungry, I decided I was going to uh, go get snow. I was just going to eat some snow and trick my brain. Okay, mm -hmm. which was not smart. It's just when you're out there, your mind is. I can't explain it. If you ever want me to go into it, I will. But it was <laughs> it was rough. Starvation does strange things. So yeah, I can imagine. I decided to take my headlamp and I said, um, I had a small door on my wiki up. So I just, you know, rolled back, rolled back the tarp and uh, I decided I wasn't going to stand up. I was just going to crawl, but I had to take a damn camera. So I set up, the right. Camera. Of course, Ugh, you know, like you set up the <laughs> camera. <laughs> and so I, uh, I go crawling out to the, to the shoreline and uh, I get some snow and my, headlamp blinks like a few times and then drops to its lowest setting. And that lets me know the battery is cold because the mm. cold I mean, are dead because the cold just drains all the batteries. So fast. Right. And so I just turn it off. I'm like, screw it. Like whatever is out here can just have me you know, like, <laughs> you know, at this point, just put me out of my misery. So, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm sitting there on my, on my, on my hands and knees, scooping snow into my, into my two quart pot and I just rock back on my knees. I rock back on my feet and I look up and there's the Aurora Borealis. Oh. And, you know, I, 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 I just take my hat and, and everything off and, and there I am just, I'm in that. I, I, I've never felt so connected and so insignificant at one time. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And uh, that was, I wish I had made it uh, because it was, it was a moment that was super empowering. It was a moment that was, you know, I think everybody wishes they could see the Northern Lights. Right. But right. I think also like in that state of desperation that I was in, like being, being able to see that gift was like super important. Wow. Um, so I wish that would have made it. 
but it's so many, there's so many that you wish would have, would have made it in a few years and a few you wish they that hadn't, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what the hell the air guitar was about. Why in the world did, I, did my air guitar make it? I don't know. They liked it apparently. Evidently, <laughs> You're yeah. a pretty good air guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you can't sing out there. You that, That's against the rules, you know? Really? Uh, oh, yeah. because of copyright or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> oh, it is a shame because music is such a huge part of my life. I love this. Of course. Thing. Yeah. So, you know, you have to just do what you got to do out there. Hmm. That's cool. That's a good story. I can imagine that would be such a profound moment. Hmm. I can, and I can hear that in your story, you know, coming from you that it, it was a very impactful moment. And those are, uh, you know, as far as the natural world and, and being at one with it, so to speak, you know, those are the experiences I feel like, at least for me that I really live for. Um, when you're just, you feel beat and you're down. Um, but, but the natural world throws a bone to you, you know, and says here, keep going (laughs) type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, and and uh, the, the, I think that I think the thing that's great about this that that actually happens in our world probably more often than mm. but we're just like not really awake to it. Right. You know what I mean? Like I think the yep. universe throws us a lot of bones, but we're so distracted. But when you're out there, you're so raw, and everything's stripped away. You 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 recognize things for what they are. You know. Absolutely. Hmm. That's amazing. So. Um, you know, every, every time I, I end up talking to someone or hearing a story from someone who's been on the show, uh, you know, what you actually did out there, we, we barely see like a little sliver of it. Um, and especially when it comes to getting game and, you know, foodstuffs and things like that. So I'm curious, um, how, you know, how, how well did you do as far as how, how many animals were you able to get and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the, foraging for vegetation and, and things like that. I'm, I'm just yeah. Curious. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, not great. Obviously I lost a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough to last yeah. quite a while, man. You, well, you lasted a long time. Well, the thing is, man, that's commendable. I, I, had, I had to run the wheels off it. So yeah. Okay. So I, I caught four really nice sized trout. Nice. Um, uh, whenever my, I, I created that lure out of that tin can. Right. And uh, whenever that started to produce, that was really helpful. But you have to understand, you, it, it, the viewer doesn't understand that you can't fish every day. Just it's not the way it is. Like, right. There were some fishing spots that were accessible that were no longer accessible because they got covered in ice. You know, you mm. can't, you, you fall in that water, the, your game's over. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. You so, like, even survive uh, long enough for them to get you. <laughs> yeah. And then my, and then my, uh, my bay froze over, just completely froze. Yeah. And hand fishing, you know, was hard for me with with the cold weather the way it was. Like any exposure, your hands being out, you know, and it was really hard to handle the line. It, it, it's not as easy as as you would think. So, I, but I was able to pull four trout out of there. Um, I was able to get uh, three rabbit, but the thing about it is, I had way more than that. But my trap line was getting raided by fox. Uh, yeah, horrible. We weren't allowed to hunt them. So it was like, you you know, you'd see their track and uh, it was so, you just, oh, just like somebody stealing out of your refrigerator. You know what I mean? Now, what, what was the reason for that? Because I don't think it was ever explained on the show. It was something with 
the foxes that they're protected in some way or something? Well, well, absolutely. Like, first of all, like rules are rules. You got right, of course. Yeah, and like for me, I thought, well, you know, you know, this is as close to the true survival scenarios you're going to get. So just deal with it, right? uh, Because you're not always going to be able to get rid of the fox. But the Letzel, the, the Letzel K. Dene First Nation people, the ones mm-hmm. who allowed us to, to use the land around the Great Slave Lake, mm-hmm. that animal to them, along with the wolf, the pelts are extremely valuable. Oh, okay. They, yeah, they have, they have, you know, th- that's a means of income for them. And right. So, that makes so, sense. Mm-hmm. And, that, and we had the option with any animal that we caught to give them the pelts, uh, kind of a, as a thank you to kind of right. help. Yeah. So, um, and then I, uh, I got like a couple squirrel and that was really it, man. I mean, it, it, it got real lean quick. Yeah. And you know, people, I, I think a lot of people don't quite understand it, but every area is so different. I mean, you could be the biggest game getter ever and you might be in an area that just doesn't have game to get. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you do sit, you, 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 animals that were there at one time move. I mean, they go right. right. Those. So like I was posted up near, near the, the, the shore, you know, mm-hmm. near the coast. And so all of the berries and everything on the interior were gone. I was at competition right. with every other animal. It seemed like those things mm-hmm. were gone. So I was forced to hunt for those things near the exposed coastline where it was, just, right. I was getting beat with snow and rain while I'm sitting there picking little you know, crow berries, um, because a lot of my foraging was done until the, you know, until the snow came and made it just impossible. But the right. other thing you have to understand too, is like, um, I had a 55 pound recurve and you saw in the beginning, man, like I, I was, cl- I clipped that squirrel, right? Yeah, there. man, that was freaking impressive. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I, I love archery. I love shooting the bow, but as time went on, you get weaker and weaker. And yeah. weaker. I mean, just pulling the damn thing back became an issue. Right. And that's something I never even thought about. I never thought about. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. Well, I'm a 240 pound man. Why wouldn't I be able to pull back a bow? Total, right. Total ego. <laughs> you yeah. <know? laughs> well, just yeah. lack of experience and knowing, you know, what, what starvation is like, you yeah. know, you've never yeah, gone no. through that before. No. So I, looking I, back, would you have gotten like a lighter, a lighter bow? You think? No, I would have, I would have, tr- I would have hunted more. I would have, I, uh-huh. I probably, you know, it, you, we have area that we're allowed you know, to be, there's like a, right, geo, right. there's a geofence, your territory. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, my geofence just didn't put me in a situation where I had very clear shooting lanes for, for mm. game and that sort of stuff. And, and honestly, once it got cold, I never saw it. You know, I yeah. saw, I saw Wolverine, but, uh, track, but they were always just passing through. And that's one thing too. Like you can see spore, but when did it come? Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. So, you know, it was very interesting. The hunting was something I, I thought I would be uh, more successful with, but you got to have it around you to hunt it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. It's got to be that perfect storm of things coming together for it to happen. Yeah. It was so weird because I'm not an angler and like mm. I, my, most of my success was with the fishing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, okay, go figure. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, man. You just, you can't figure it. That's for yeah. sure. You just got to roll with the punches. Yeah. So, you know, you, it's, it's clear you brought a lot to the show as far as skills, character, drive, and more. What did you bring home from the Arctic that you didn't have 
going into the experience? That's a loaded, that's a big question. Yeah. What did I bring back from the Arctic? Okay. So, um, I, I came back healed. Hmm. I came back healed. Um, are you willing to go into that more? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I remember I told you I was going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Yeah. That's, that's what we want. Okay. So, um, one of the things that maybe doesn't get discussed enough is like the psychological aspect of, of what's mm. happening to you out there. Right. And it's different for everybody, you know? Uh, so I'll just tell you what my perspective and how things were for me, but what you, what you experience out there is, is your brain searching for, for, for answers, looking for going through your limbic system, you know, trying to right. make, make sense of, of it all. And what tends, what happened to me were memories came back full strength. They, mm. they didn't come back as snapshots. They came back as movie reels with audio and they would wow. even sometimes have scent. So mm. being, and they weren't, they weren't varnished the way that we tend to do. Yeah. Uh, with our memories to protect ourselves, they just come back and they let you know damn well, Hey, um, you know, I grew up in poverty, um, where, mm. where hunger happened. I grew up in a situation where we, we had, we were homeless and, mm. uh, laying on that cold floor where I was in my shelter, uh, one night triggered the memory of me, you know, uh, sleeping inside of a van whenever my family was homeless in a, in a mall parking lot. Yeah. And that's something I hadn't thought about, hadn't nothing, nothing, you know? Right. And whenever those come back, there's no cheerleader there. There's nobody there to wrap their arms around you and say, Hey, you know, let's talk about that. Or right. hey, you know, that, that had nothing to do with you. You were a child. You just have to sit with it. Yeah. Oof. And, and a lot of people either, dive headlong into that or it it takes them a different route um you said that i was super open and honest with the experience on the alone show mm -hmm. i knew that was the only way i was probably going to be able to make it was if i if i didn't hide from those things that were going to surface at if you remember at if you remember at boot camp lucas said that mm -hmm. the longer you're out there it's like an inky blackness that's going to yeah it's going to come and I, I do so, remember that. Yeah. So Lucas gave us a little bit of that heads up and well, yeah. you know, I had time to think of it in advance, like what is some of my inky blackness? You know. Mm. So when you're out there, you know, we were in our bags for sometimes 14, 15 hours out of the day. I was trying not, you know, just not to freeze right? Uh, because the daylight hours got so short. But whenever you're there, you or your mind is searching and working and, and, and memories come back and they're almost like little trauma reenactments, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, uh, you have to be willing and ready to dive into those things, but in the process of me not fearing, uh, not fearing that process, uh, I would literally stop whatever I was doing, go into my shelter, lay down and go, all right, this is the problem that's I'm having. This is what I'm feeling. Let's work it. So, mm -hmm. I, by doing that, I came back with a lot of, a lot of things that I didn't really know were problems. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with a much better understanding, a much better, uh, grasp, but more importantly, my power back over them. Mm, 
Yeah. So, so that's you know, the healing right there. Exactly. So, you know, <clears throat> I may have not won the show, but I think what I came back is I came back as a better husband, a better father, a better friend, a better brother, a better son. I just came back improved and with a better understanding. Mm. Uh, uh, it's, 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 it's been life changing. That's a gift, man. Truly. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I feel, you know, in this fast paced, busy, always doing something world we live in, we, we don't take opportunities or have opportunities to sit and allow things like that to come. And, and we are, we're all walking around carrying all this baggage all the time and it's affecting us and we don't even know it. But then you hear stories like this where, you know, you're out and, and you're in, you know, a natural setting and suffering and, and all this stuff. And, and you've got nothing to think about, but being in the moment. Um, yeah, I can see how those things would surface. And, and it's amazing the way that the human body works, you know, when you do have so much going on, like you said, you, you build up those protections so that you can deal with what's right in front of you. But I, I do think that we intuit our mind and our body and, you know, our being, as it were, intuitively knows, okay, I'm, I'm in a place that we can deal with this now. And that's when things like that surface. Does that, does that ring true with your experience? Well, if that's the case, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, I'll be honest, I could have done without it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like I was taking my beatings from all sides and okay. So, Okay, I've done a lot of physical things in my life, right? Like I've done marathons, ultra marathons. I've done a lot of these physical things. And like you have like these three aspects, right? Like you have this Mm -hmm. mental, physical, and emotional. Like whenever I ran marathons, it was never emotional. There was no emotional aspect. It was just physical and mental, right? Right. And, And even those weren't even really pushed to the max. But like something like this pushes all three the mental the emotional Mm. and the physical i mean it cranks it to 10 right right. ramped up to 100 so you're catching it from all sides there's no reprieve your body is doing what it has it's breaking down it's slowly weakening your 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 mental state is altering like i forgot what my children's faces look like Mm. i mean that's that's my brain went straight to what like we don't need to know that that's not important Right, whenever, right. whenever I, whenever I came out, I had to, I had to get new clothes because nothing fit me. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember my pin number. Like yeah. your brain just goes, doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> yeah. Forget, you don't you know, need it. <laughs> you don't need it. Forget about it. So like, I mean, wow. like, I could have done without it, but like the fact of the matter is like, if you don't think you're going to, okay, like, I don't know what everybody's intentions are going into a show like this. Right. Me, right. For me, like I, I knew I had to set a standard for my children. And I, I mean, how was I going to tell them to hang in there you know, right. down yeah. the road if I didn't hang in there? I Absolutely. So many promises. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, totally. Yeah. So like, uh, so my intentions right from the jump were I'm, I'm going to win this or I'm going to leave in a bag. That's how this mm. is going to go, you know? Right. And, uh, but your brain, man, it does. It, I, I could have done without it, but it, you're right. I think, I think it had no choice. It had yeah. no choice. Like your brain, you have no control over what's happening or what's, you just don't, there's nothing to distract you. You can, 
I mean, some people make like Fowler made like a thousand spoons or something like this, you know, (laughs) you know know what I mean? Like I, 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 I didn't, I didn't want to do that. I just, I just approached it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, as, as difficult as it sounds like it was, it's again, what a gift that you're given and, and not just for you, but for, for those closest to you, you know, that's a big deal. And that's really cool that you're able to, to have that experience, even though you probably didn't think it was so cool at the time. <laughs> no, I, no, I do, I, like, I'll be perfectly honest. It's, it's only doing something like the past, like five months. I thought it was cool because you right. know, your survival doesn't stop once you're pulled out of there. Right. You know I mean, you have yeah. to, you, you come home with a whole new set of things you have to address. But again, like I said, the History Channel, the ITV, they had the most amazing aftercare program. They just, man, they've just been vital. They're so great. Yeah, that's awesome. They, you know, they've, they've had five seasons to figure that out and uh, mm-hmm. fine-tune it along the way, at least before, you know, uh, you came, you and, and the, the crew came along. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully season seven will, will be even better. So that's crazy. So how... Uh, you know, I, I can imagine the answer to this question, but in what ways did your self-defense and martial arts training help you while out on the show? Uh, uh, like, I don't really know. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's a different fight, man. It's a different yeah, totally. It's a different type of fight. Like I said, I'd rather, I, w- I would have rather been fighting two dudes than been on that rock at that, on that day. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I guess, I guess what it is is that I've been in fights, you know, mm, I've, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been just kicked in the face, punched in the mouth. I've been submitted. I've been choked out. I've, I've been in fights. And for me, I just thought if, if none of those things have killed me yet, then then I, I got a pretty good shot at this. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and ultimately, like, ultimately, uh, you realize that this is just going to make you better at all those things anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I know how much, I know how much damage I can take. You know, I know my limits. I know, I know, I know what, I know my body better now and, right. and those sort of things. But yeah, I, I would definitely, it just, just always having that victim or Viking mindset that I've always had my whole life. Like, I just, I believe you choose every single freaking day, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I am as, I just, I'm as Viking as they, as they can almost come. I mean, I Absolutely. just, I just try and hit every day as hard as I can. Yeah. That's good, man. That's good. We all need to do that a little more. I think I know I do anyways. Sure. Sure. So, you know, going back a little more to the martial arts side of things, um, How, uh, let me think how to phrase this question. How does martial arts, and this might be, there might be an obvious answer to this question, but how do martial arts and self-defense relate to one's health and wellness? Yeah. Well, um, of course there's the, the, there's the sense of wellness that comes from, from feeling you can protect yourself. Right. Um, a, a lot of people, um, you know, there's a sexual assault every 98 seconds. Hmm. Yeah. Let, let that sink in. You know right. what I mean? And a lot of people just kind of have that. It can't happen to me mentality. Right? right. And unfortunately in the self-defense world, we oftentimes are, we oftentimes as instructors are charged with the 
empowerment or the re-empowerment of people who have gone through something. Mm, yeah. You see, okay. So, yeah. um, so I, we, we have the ability to see someone come in as a victim and then through instruction and through training, we develop a Viking mentality, almost where, almost where now the individual is re-empowered and they have the almost, I wish I was this person when that thing happened. Kind of right. Thing, you know? Yeah. So, so it has a huge ability to do that. Right. Um, but with great power comes great responsibility. As an instructor, you also have to be willing to tell them, you know, here's where you're weak. You need to strengthen that. You right. know, um, I, we didn't pass you on this test because of this, this, and this. You need to go back and work on it. Right. You know, um, these sort of things need to be also kept in mind whenever you're working with folks. But the health, the wellness, of course, you know, you get a great workout. Um, but that should never be your intention. Like nobody should ever go, well, I'll get a good workout and you know, yeah. I'll learn how to fight. You should always be, <laughs> it should be the other way around. I'm going to learn how right, to fight. Right. And if I get a good workout, cool, you know? Right. Right. But, but yeah, no, there is that, there is that shift, uh, uh, where you can see people going from a victim to a Viking uh, mm. standpoint. And, and, and whenever you're talking about uh, predatorial, you know, scumbags, Right. You know, oftentimes they're looking for the person who looks like a victim. Absolutely. So, uh, so the empowerment there, the ability to carry yourself as if, you know, mm-hmm. as if there mm-hmm. was something to happen, I can handle it. Um, and then just also being consciously, more consciously aware. Um, but I think also at the same time too, you, you know, you are keeping promises at that point. You're keeping promises to yourself. You're keeping promises to your loved ones. Right. So you're setting a standard for them. You know, you're showing them. Uh, this is what I'm willing to do uh, for us and, 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 and to, to, to make sure that I'm keeping the promises. Um, and that's across the board, men, women. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Yeah. That, that totally makes sense for sure. So, you know, those who are listening to this, who might want to, you know, might be inspired uh, by your Vikingness to delve into the the field of martial arts and self defense and all that. What what would you recommend? Well, that's a that's that's tough. Okay, so you know, here's the thing. Like, it it's I'm not going to sit here and go. This is the thing that this is the thing to do. This right, is the, right. This is the self defense system. This is the martial art. You go do this, and you're good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like to be perfectly honest. I would, I would just say this, okay, look for a gym that is focused, hyper, hyper focused on fight training. If mm-hmm. it's a CrossFit gym that teaches Zumba, yoga, and then like every now and again has a fight class, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, right, right. <laughs> find, find a gym that teaches violence. Secondarily, like speak to your instructors, like, don't be afraid to ask your instructor, have you ever been in a fight? You know, like, right, like, right. have you ever, have, I mean, like, don't be <laughs> you ever been <laughs> punched in the face. <laughs> ever, ever, like, have you ever been physically attacked? I don't mean sparring. <clears throat> I mean, like, you know, really investigate who and what you're working with. And the other thing is don't bring feelings to the gym, right? Mm. Like don't go there needing to be told you're doing well. Don't go there needing acceptance or community. Like go there, fight your ass off, learn to train, be told you suck and be okay with it, fix it. And whenever you become the better fighter in that gym, it's time to go. 
Yeah. So like, that's the best advice I can give somebody, you know, is just, it's just to stay in the fray, stay working. And, and so it, that can, that can lead you to a, 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 mirage, a barrage of different gyms. I, I, I did, I do Krav. I love Krav. I love it because it works for me, but I'm also right. 6'2", 215. Right, <laughs> so right. A lot of things are going to work for me, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, that, that may not be what's needed for the 90 pound, 70 year old grandmother. You feel me? Right. Like, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like, you know, being in Krav and realizing, oh my gosh, my ground game is garbage. So I went and then I joined a jujitsu gym. And then once I got better at jujitsu, I actually went back to that Krav gym and began instructing their ground program. So mm. stay in the fray, uh, uh, attack your weaknesses. And that can lead you to Muay Thai gyms, boxing gyms, wrestling gyms, jujitsu gyms. Don't be myopic. There's no one thing or one right. system that's going to pull you out of the garbage when it happens. Right. Be well-rounded. That's all I can say. Nice. And I, I feel there's a lot of people, maybe some people listening to this who are just quite honestly, very uncomfortable with violence. And, sure. and I get that, you know, and, uh, but the sad reality is violence is a part of this world and knowing how to enact violence for the good is a real thing. Can, can you speak to that a little bit and maybe help you well, know, lay some of the fears of, of people that are not comfortable with violence? Okay. So yeah, that's, that's, that's something that honestly, like I'll be perfectly honest that uh, mm -hmm. uh, this is again, my honesty, like Lay it out, man. <laughs> not, not, not everybody can be saved, man. You right. know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, unfortunately there are victims and there are people who are going to be victims and they're going to stay victims. And, 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 you, and that's just the way of the world, you know, uh, if everybody was a Viking, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Unfortunately, that's just the way of the world. But the fact of the matter is, is that like, whenever you look at individuals who aren't comfortable with violence, they tend to not be comfortable with a lot of things and, mm. and, 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 and seeking comfort. There's really no growth in that. Right. You know, like, so, so like I said, not everybody can be saved. If, 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 if comfort is what they're seeking, if they're just hoping it doesn't happen to them, well, to be perfectly honest, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a population of people like that who are a buffer between mm. the bad guys and my family. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, the, no, absolutely. I get my, that. Yeah. The statistics of my family having to an experience a violent, violent uh, encounter actually decreases. Right. So from a, from a standpoint where again, like I, you get to look at it, Am I coming at this from an instructor's point of view or am I coming at this from a true self-defense standpoint? A true self-defense mm -hmm. standpoint is I'm glad they exist. Right. <laughs> you well, yeah. They're going to exist whether you That's are right, glad man. or not. So that's right, yeah. <laughs> might as well be grateful for it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's the reality. That's the way I see it. And then yeah. there's the other side though, there's the other side as an instructor where you just kind of want to, you want to, you want to help them. You want to guide yeah. them and help them understand that like, look, your, your, your life is worth fighting for, right. you know, your, your, your value to your loved ones and to your friends and to the world is, is worthy of you being, unco being uncomfortable for a little while. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. Um, so, but you know, you just do what you can. I think whenever you're in the, whenever you're in the fight game long enough, you just kind of come to some realizations, you know, you, you yeah. go in all starry eyed, you know, you just want right. to pull people off the street and save them, you know, <laughs> but you have to want to walk through those doors yourself. You know? Right. 
Well, and you alluded to it earlier where, you know, there's this idea of when, when one does have a victim mentality, they're, they're a target, you know, they, sure, sure. They predator, are. predators, gonna... predators, know prey, right. they know what, what prey are easy and what prey aren't. And that goes for the natural world and, and for our, you know, well, I guess we are, it is still the natural world because we're part of it, but in the more modern society sense, you know, predators as human beings against other human beings, right. they know what prey looks like mm-hmm. and, and, just getting rid of that victim mentality and and being empowered and and feeling confident and and knowing the right things to do and being aware and all that that right there is going to you know dissuade a situation just you know from ever happening uh in many cases i i can imagine well that's the thing like like i was talking about how i you know i view my life as these fields and i tend to my fields right Right. That's the same way. Like if you get, if you gain empowerment in one area, it's going to affect all the other fields. Suddenly, suddenly friends who use you because you're a victim, they don't, Mm. they're not around anymore. You realize what they're doing. You see what I'm saying? At at work, you're no longer the, you're no longer the yes man or man or woman. You, you know, you, you can stand up for yourself and go, no, that's, this plan's not going to work. Or this is, you know, it's like the empowerment seems to have like a chain effect because I, I rarely see a victim who's only a victim in one area of their life. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, you feel me? Uh, yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah. So like, it, you know, the empowerment is, is, is much, has a much furthering ripple effect in, in your, in your, in your day to day in your life than you, than you can imagine. Hmm. Yeah. I could definitely see that for sure. And, and, and that's why, you know, I feel there, this, this conversation is one that I've been having along with the lines of, of the natural world in general too, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and right now we're talking more particular to self-defense and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, street survival, if you will. Mm-hmm. But when you're out in nature and you start bringing that into your life in a similar way, it, it affects other parts of your life in a good way as well. Sure, um, and so I, I totally see that with, with self-defense too, that, you know, when, when you have that confidence, that's going to transfer. And, and when you, when you love yourself enough to want to protect and take care of yourself, you're also going to love yourself enough to tell people that have been taking advantage of you no more. (laughs) You're you're done, you know? So that's cool. That is. And if, if for, if for nothing else, you know, that would be worth it to, to get that, you know, that kind of training because, and, and the thing that I keep, hearing from you over and over is that, you know, it's not just physical training. It's, it's mental training as well. It has Um, to be. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. If you're just, if you're there just collecting techniques, if you're not visualizing the fight, if you're not visualizing your attacker, if you're not, you know, if you're not putting yourself through the paces, I mean, it, 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 it's all mental. You know, you have to know, you have to know how much damage can I take? How far can I push this thing? Right. But that's uh, that's a, it's a, it's a, it is a great thing to see, and I think what it does is it it, um, it also it, it, in regards to the natural world. You know, we do it. You know, whenever you whenever you begin to know how to build your own shelter, you don't carry a tent anymore. Right. You don't, you don't need yep. that anymore. You know, whenever you can make friction fire, you don't take a striker. You know what I mean? You don't right. take matches or a lighter. You just you, you know you, you you have this level of confidence and and, and it, yeah and but but again you have to stay in the fray you have to yeah. be uh, challenging yourself and, and preparing that mental that mentality absolutely cool man thank you for that
So, um, you know, I was doing a little research on you and I find this thing called the Barry Karcher experience. Oh yeah. And that looked really sweet, man. Tell me more about that. Yeah, man. It was a really fun thing. Okay. So hike it LLC. I'm working with them. They're, they're just an incredible, uh, guide company out here uh, out of Fort Collins, Colorado. They're going to be expanding their trails, uh, coming up in 2020. It's nice. really, it's really fun, but yeah. So the Barry Karcher experience, like, so one thing, if I can just be bold, one thing I noticed, please is do. Wouldn't have it any other way. You wouldn't have it any other way either. Be honest. That's right. I know. I know. Okay. So like one thing I noticed about the survival world is that a lot of it is like, it's, it's taught by like people who like just fuck it. I thought they just walked off a civil war battlefield. You know what I mean? Like it's right. very, very dry and it's very matter of factly and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, what I, what I understand is that like, that doesn't always resonate with folks in the best way. And, uh, I wanted to bring something different, a different type of experience, uh, mm-hmm. an experience that, that is more interactive, um, way more, way more enjoyable in regards to, you know, just natural, uh, humor involved and also, yeah. and also the storytelling experiences. Um, but, the, the Barry Karcher experience, basically what we do is we broke down a four-day trip, and uh, we have an incredible 31-mile uh, 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 route that we, have, that we did, and we broke it down into four days. And, and, and these days uh, provided us with something along the way to educate. So in the first mm. part of the trail, it was foraging. Um, I was able to show, you know, different types of mushrooms and plants that were edible. Um, the, the, and then the next day, of course, we were top. We were able to, we were able to fish. Third day, I was able to uh, teach traps. The fourth day, we taught shelter building. And it was really fantastic because I already had, you know, uh, shelters pre-made. So coming up on them, uh, we were able to already have things. You have to spend time with all of that, you know. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. But what it was really You have a ready-made example. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, ready-made example. But it was really just kind of cool because people who wanted to come and meet me were people who were fans of the show. You know what I mean? Right, right. It was was pretty wild. We had, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, man, we had a couple from Oregon, a, a couple from Montana, a, a few guys from Florida. I was like, so it was very neat, and it was just kind of surreal in a way that people would travel to actually, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like to hang. I can't even get my family to visit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was interesting to me that these folks just wanted to kind of hang out and hear my story. Yeah. And, you know, getting back to the things, uh, the Barry Carter experience. You know, honesty is and and is, is a big thing. So. For me, um, a lot of these individuals, um, you know, opened up, um, they, you know, and I was able to, uh, help guide them through a little bit of what I had been through and and assist them in, 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 in ways. And so it was just really an immersion, not just into survival, but also, uh, uh, I, I, you know, humans and groups as a whole. We, yeah, we, we spent time and we got to know each other. I mean, of course, I taught that was fun, but it was m- the Barry Carter experience is more just about um, being present, having a f- having fun, using uh, using humor. Of course, I, I'm a I, I like to be a, I'm a wisecracker, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, the Barry Carter experience is just a different play on it. I, I'm just trying to be a little more upbeat, a little more fun with it, right. um, and present information in a new way. Um, uh, because I, I feel sometimes like that imposter syndrome, like if I'm just regurgitating somebody else's information, like it's 
I'm not original, you know what I mean? Right, so, right. Yeah, so like, I I'm all, like so for me, it's important to try and find an original and new way to approach it. And uh, that's been fun. It's been, it's been really interesting because as an instructor teacher, uh, I, I, I like figuring out those kind of, those kind of things. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a new fray for you to be in. Sounds like. Yes, exactly. Yeah. At least in this, uh, this type of setting and whatnot. Well, that's I've never cool. done it. You know, it was yeah. so strange. I didn't realize how many people didn't know how to set a trap. I didn't know. You know, I, I, it's, it's weird. Yeah. I guess you don't know. I mean, <laughs> but I grew up in Kentucky, you know, we all know how to do that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, that's that's exciting. So, uh, you know, for the listeners who are interested in something like that, yeah, uh, where, where would they go to on online to find yeah, it? Just go to, you're going to go to Hike It LLC, and you'll be able to book for 2020, I believe, already currently. Um, um, so yeah, just go there, click the Barry Karcher experience. It's, it's, you know, everything's ported, all, all the gear you need is provided. You know, you can just literally show up with a smile and a blade and, and, and we'll spend four days in the woods together. Nice. Good deal, man. So what are two or more books that you might recommend to the listeners. I knew you, I knew you were going to ask me this, and I, 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 was, <laughs> I was even saying to myself, "Like, dude, you better Google some meaningful books." <laughs> can we? Oh my gosh! Uh, can we skip this one? <laughs> I have to be honest. Okay, okay. Here's the thing. Okay, so like, I don't read for like in, in enjoyment. I read right. for. For information, you know what I mean. So there's nothing you know, wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I just like, like, like for me, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I have, I get more enjoyment reading like a field wilderness survival, you know, backcountry. Yeah. I, I enjoy reading those kind of things, right? So I don't know, man. Like, I mean, <laughs> skip the question. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I don't read. I, just, I don't read anything interesting. You know, I don't know. Well, I I think people might find what what you do read interesting, more yeah, so than you think. So right, let's put right. it this way: if if you were to 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 go out in the woods right now and yeah. want to learn something while you're out there, want to practice a new skill or something sure. like that, and you wanted to take a book with you as yeah. a guide, what would you take? Well, like right now, like right now, I'm I have I have this really incredible buff made by uh, Wazoo Survival Gear. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, man. Have you ever seen this thing? It's really, it's, it's actually, it's a, it's like a scarf, but it has all these medicinal uh, plants on it and like their uses. I think Nicole actually uh, helped. Them yeah. I remember Nicole Appellian um, yeah. promoting something like that. Exactly, That's man. cool. She's incredible. Anyway, she, Nicole. Yeah, I love Nicole. She's awesome. She's incredible. I mean, she's a, she's a, she's an encyclopedia. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Nicole was the one who actually, when I saw her on the show, who began making me realize, man, my foraging game is weak. <laughs> like, like, like I think everyone's foraging game is weak compared I to Nicole's. <laughs> I know, man. I'm like, she's like, oh, black licorice. I'm like, I wouldn't have known that from any other thing out there. <laughs> like, she, I mean, it's impressive. So honestly, if I wanted to learn something, it would be foraging. I'm, I'm always trying to, especially now, understanding how – how vital food is. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, for me, the foraging aspect is, is, has been, been really, really fun. That's um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would take a foraging book out and okay. then, um, I would probably take a, uh, a night navigation book. I, 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 w- I want to learn how to navigate by the stars more. I would mm. like to learn that, you know, that okay. would be pretty. cause, um, you know, just not having to rely on, 
compasses or GPSs, that kind of stuff is cool. I like that. Yeah, like totally. That. So yeah, I'd take those two books out. That's what I would do. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll throw some recommendations on in the in the show notes for those. Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, uh, for night nav for really any navigation and and at all. There's a really cool book and it, it's an older book. So, you know, it's good because those old people, old, you know, back in the old school days, they really knew what they were doing. But there's a book called How to Navigate Without Map or Compass um, by Harold Gaddy, I think it is. And uh, it's a cool one, man. It's He's got some really cool stories. Uh, he tells us one that I like to tell. He was, I forget if it was him or he heard this from someone else, but they were kayaking along the coast, like in Alaska or something. They were with some natives and it was a fog, you know, and they were kayaking for hours and hours, almost all day, you know, and, and like on a, on a, on a dime, these natives turned into this one fjord to go up to where their camp was. They passed, you know, tens, if not, you know, over a hundred fjords along that whole way, but somehow kayaking in this fog, they knew exactly which one to turn up. And he couldn't figure out how they knew that. How did they, you know, do this amazing feat of navigation? And uh, so he asked him later and he found out that the way they're able to do that is that they knew the song of a specific bird that nested at the mouth of that fjord. And I'm not talking specific as in specific species, like a specific individual bird, its unique song. And that just blew my mind reading that. I thought that was wild. So just so, one bird. Yeah. That this one specific bird, they, they knew its unique song and, yeah. and knew, okay, this is, this is our, you know, this is our turn. Wow. So anyways, but yeah, this book wow. is full of, um, yeah, that's, I mean, talk about being in tune with one's environment. That's just amazing. Yeah. You know, that's um, interesting. That's interesting. You know, uh, whenever I first came out, I could, uh, I could recognize who was coming down the hall by their boots. That's amazing. Yeah. Like you're yeah. so, you're so amped. Like you're, you're so tuned in. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool though. I, I'm going to, now I have to read it. Now you, <laughs> you, you my yeah, it's a, it's a cool book. It's got stuff about, um, you know, guiding by the stars and, and all kinds of different things, little tricks right. of the trade. Um, yeah. And then, uh, foragers, there's, uh, let's see, what's his name? I forget. Oh, Samuel Thayer. He does, uh, quite a few books on foraging for yeah. food and whatnot. And those are okay. great. So yeah, I'll just, I'll throw those in the show notes, but yeah, thanks for those. Uh, those topics are great. Awesome to, uh, to research and, and all that. Cool, man. So, so how can people get a hold of you if they, if they wanted to ask you questions or anything sure. like that. Well, I mean, you can you, they can they can always just hit me up on my my pay, public page on Facebook, Barry Karcher. Sweet. That'd be great. Um, also, you feel free to shoot me a, a, a emails at barrycarcher at gmail You can hit me up that. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm on the IG. We have to do that nowadays. You know what I mean? Of course. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Comes with the territory. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I get it done. So yeah, you can, you can just contact me in those methods. Just, uh, I try and get back to everybody as best I can. I mean, I even, I even hand wrote a fan, a letter to a fan the other day. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, he's older. He's much older. And I thought this, I mean, I'm not going to email him. I'm going to do it right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, yeah. I try and get back to everybody uh, as quickly as possible. So good deal. Up. Awesome. Well, anything else you'd like to add? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would like to give a shout out to a, a few of my a few of my uh, sponsors that I've been working with closely. Uh, Please Wild do. Blue Survival Gear. Uh, they're fantastic, right there here in Colorado. Hike at LLC. You guys have been fabulous. Uh, McLeod Windows in Cincinnati. Uh, Camo Crane in Cincinnati, and the Ripple Wine Bar in Cincinnati. Thank you guys so very much. Good deal. Yeah, thanks everyone for supporting Barry, and uh, thanks Barry for supporting everyone. You know, with your skills and your knowledge and and your uh, just your overall attitude of getting after it and getting it done. It's a uh, it's uh, quite the example for me, and and I no doubt for others as well. So really appreciate that. Appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge and and all that. And yeah, it was an honor. I had a, I had a blast. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it again in the future. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be all right, here. brother. Thanks. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye bye. Bye. Well, as always, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Barry, and I hope you got as much out of it as I did. I uh, sure appreciate uh, Barry's demeanor and, and his uh, Viking attitude. It's, it's refreshing in this day and age to have someone that knows something so well and is able to, to teach us about it in a good way and, and help us understand and give us some food for thought in our lives and how we present and conduct ourselves. And so I just really appreciate that. Uh, Barry's the kind of guy that you want to go to, to learn these kinds of things, you know, in this case, of course, uh, self-defense and martial arts and, and also outdoor skills as well. And they all wrap into that package of wellness that we talk about. So appreciate you, Barry, for coming on and, and all those who support Barry, uh, and, and go ahead and check out Barry's links, go check him out on Facebook and Instagram and all the others and, and see what his sponsors are all about as well. Um, it's important to support those that support all of us. So appreciate that. And, uh, as always, you know, the drill, show me some love, uh, go do some, uh, reviews and share with your friends and all that good stuff. If you get value out of this, uh, I appreciate anything you can offer in that regard. So again, I hope you really enjoyed this. I uh, hope it helps you in your life somehow or another, uh, even if it's just having an entertaining commute, whatever it is uh, that you come to this podcast for. I hope you're getting it. And I'm always open for feedback. And uh, you can send that to ron at coyotespath.com or you can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram or, uh, you know, all those kinds of places. So have a good one. And we will see you in the next episode.